Tim Laird joining you today from Grand Pacifica, Nicaragua. And I've got my good friend, formerly known as Alex Navarro, now known as Alex, please take it away. Goladriga. Thank you. There's no way I could say that. Even <laughs> if, maybe if I'd had a few, a few cocktails, I could. Uh, Alex and I go way back. We've done tons of podcasts together. We've actually worked. Uh, I would send Alex uh, people that needed their macros more dialed in. Um, she has a ton of experience working, you know, uh, with fitness competitors. We both tend to attract the hard charging, burned out, um, overachieving female. That would be our main bread and butter. I haven't talked to her for a while, so this is kind of for selfish reasons. I wanted to catch up with her. Um, Alex, now, when I first met Alex, she was uh, kind of a, were you competing in figure at the time or you were kind of in that kind of scene? Yes, fitness, fitness and bikini. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So she was doing that kind of stuff. And now she's kind of, she's gone down the mom path. So why don't you kind of fill us in like how things have changed in your life since you've kind of become a mom and how it's really what it's meant for your business and, and not only that, but understanding your clientele. That's a long, it's a lot of questions in that you one. Got, you, got, <laughs> you got as much time as you need. I'm going to, just going to sit and listen. Okay, well, let me. I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Uh, like Jim, like you said, I, I competed in competitions for seven years. It started in my my mid mid twenties, um, which was really rare back. This was gosh, a long time ago now. Um, <laughs> very rare couple, for someone couple, my age to be competing. I just turned forty last ago. week, so this was a long time ago. Um, and. I, I was working with clients at the time. I was personal training. I was also doing nutrition coaching. That's sort of how I fell into the type of nutrition coaching that I do now, um, having experienced tons of bad diets in my competitive years <laughs> and uh, trying to find something that was actually sustainable and healthy, but also that allowed me to achieve the, the physique goals that I had and the performance goals because I did fitness. So I had a performance component to the competition as well. Um, and I was working with clients at the time and I thought that I understood most of the women that I was working with, especially moms, uh, but I didn't really realize who I was working with and what that difference was until I became a mom. Um, so I had my son six and a half years ago and it was uh, completely life-changing in all the, the, the amazing ways that having a child is, but it was also really hard a having to prioritize somebody else over yourself. Um, for me, exercise and movement have, has always been uh, therapeutic for me. I used it as uh, a way to manage process emotions when I was younger. I was, I was al always been into exercise and movement. It's just always worked for me in handling, navigating challenges in life. So postpartum having, A, just having a different body I mean, I experienced that a little bit during pregnancy, but I was fortunate to have a very smooth pregnancy. So I still was able to train in a lot of the ways that I liked and that felt good for me. Uh, postpartum was different and not because my you know, body had a hard time, which it had its normal postpartum recovery that I went through, but it was the, the lack of sleep. That was like the hugest difference. Uh, talk about not being able to train the way you want when you're not rested and recovered. Um, but then I was breastfeeding too. So I was trying to navigate the nutrition side of things to fuel and support that output while also trying to fuel myself, which was a huge experiment that I never feel like I fully, fully figured out, to be honest. Um, well, you, and, are, you and the baby are still, you and the kid are still alive, right? Everyone's thriving. 
So, so there you go. You figured it out. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Um, so that first year, there were just the challenges of balancing it all, taking care of myself in, in new ways with the resources and the time and the energy that I had. So huge experiment on the training side of things, you know, volume wise, what my body could handle, what felt good to me, what was continued to be therapeutic. And, you know, during that postpartum time, the, the hormones are changing, you're tired, you know, you're sleep deprived. Um, so emotionally, it was also a very different experience. So having emotions that I'm trying to sift through all of the different feelings that new moms I think experience, um, you know, wanting to go out and train and take care of myself, but then feeling guilty when I leave the baby at home and all of that, that first year was just a big experiment. Um, and again, we're all alive and surviving and, th and thriving at this point. So I feel like that experiment went well. well, um, well particularly <laughs> for somebody as high level of an athlete as you were and are having a giant car bomb go off inside you, uh, your tire, you know, uh, canister is rearranged. That is very, very humbling, particularly, you know, uh, you weren't uh, a spring chicken, you weren't in your early 20s, and you had your first child. Mm -hmm. So your body just doesn't bounce back as fast as it would if you were younger. Um, so that's got to be really difficult when you know, all of a sudden things just don't feel as stable or as strong as they used to or you know, your back's bothering you a little bit and, and having to be patient enough to get all that stuff going in the right direction and not rushing, that must be very frustrating as well. Very frustrating. Yeah. It's like a new body. So I'm trying to get to know my new body and get to know this new person who I'm 100% right. in charge of. <laughs> sure. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. I, I outsource a lot of support, which will continue to be a theme over the next six years and, and moving forward forever. Yeah, <laughs> support, what kind of support do I need in what areas, um, you know, feeling confident in what I know, but also knowing what I don't know and finding the right people that can give me that support. So I had lactation support. I had nutrition people that I bounced ideas off of. I read, I have a thirst for knowledge. So I've always been intrigued by new information around the body, training, nutrition, all of that. So, you know, I dove right into like how to feed a baby. <laughs> We're introducing foods. I need to know everything that there is about nutrition for babies. Um, right. So again, that process was was fun also because I did learn a lot and I, I developed a new appreciation for moms. I literally emailed numerous of my old mom clients apologizing saying, I'm sorry that I did it. I thought that I understood and I did not. I was, it was a disservice to you to think that I had any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> I get it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but the plus side of that is I learned a lot and I was then able to help other moms in a new way that I didn't have access to before. That's great. And, and I think that's, you know, you know, the thing is, too, you put yourself in a situation where you were allowed to step back from your career a little bit. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of women that don't have the ability to do that. You said with your second child, how long did it take you to get out of like the postpartum uh, kind of funk? I guess, would you would that be a fair uh, assessment yeah. of that? I would say haze. Haze? Okay. Haze. Okay. Everything's a little hazy. 
still navigating exactly. the sleep. Now I have two children um, right. and two big dogs. You know, it's it's a lot to a lot of balls in the air. And I'm, sure. and I'm, I'm OK with juggling, but I'm not great at it. <laughs> I, gotcha. I understand. Well, and that's the thing, too. Like you literally set things in motion in your life so that you could step back. There's a lot of people that have all these things going on in their life and they don't have that support. So um, it's uh, it's super, super important. And I've dealt with this for years, you know, like one of, you know, Rachel Matthews, who um, we both worked with, you know, mother of mother of three working 60 hours a week, you know, and, is, you know, wonder why she's gaining weight and 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 then starts, you know, is told to train more. You know, and uh, it's just uh, it's just our society in general. The self care side of things is just not uh, not emphasized at all. So, mm -hmm. how has your perspective changed on what how you implement things with with clients based on your your personal experience now? Well, in that first year, you know, I kind of going back to, to pre babies, I thought I knew what self care was. Right. You know, I had my routine. I had the things that I that made me feel good, that made me feel whole, complete, fulfilled, all of that. Um, and that, again, the priority shifted when my son was born. So it was not a matter of finding new self-care. It was, OK, what are the tools that I had before? What do I still have access and time for now that will give me the biggest ROI, you know, investment on time? Because <laughs> I don't sure. have a lot of it. So a lot of that first year was establishing and figuring out and experimenting with different types of self-care that filled my cup, that nourished me, that allowed me to then continue on with the other things that I had to do. So some days I had time for a lot of different self-care tools and other days I had time for one. So this is a tool that I've used with clients since that point and I sort of refined it over the years, but especially now after baby number two because I have even, you have even less time. <laughs> and uh -huh. I've built out using biofeedback. I've built out a self-care hierarchy. Okay. So I have my list of self-care tools that in an ideal world, I had you know access to all of those on a daily basis. Here they are. And then I'll prioritize those based off of my ROI. So what, what's the, what's the one thing that I could do today that'll give me the, the, the best, most bang for my buck for me, sleep. Number one, yeah, absolutely. any time of day, take a nap, lay down, even if it's, um, you know, non-rest, deep sleep, which mm -hmm. I love 10 minutes, lay down, close my eyes, put on some, some soft music, <laughs> that little bit of rest, a little bit of downtime or an extra sleep at night. If, if that I have access to that, um, mm -hmm. that's my number one. My number two is fueling myself. Number three is movement. Sometimes I might flip flop those depending on on the day. Um, and mm -hmm. then I have other tools that I have that I use reading alone time, but I'll right. prioritize those. I know what my that pyramid looks like for me. Mm -hmm. So I'll help clients establish or figure out what their tools are and then what that hierarchy looks like. So sure. in your ideal scenario, ideal day, I have access to all of this and I can I can hit all of these things a little bit. So I have my cup full of my energy is there from sleep and recovery. I'm nourished. I've moved my body in a way that feels good and therapeutic, but also that might help me get, get to my goals. But then on a day where, you know, maybe the kids woke up multiple times or I just had a bad night's sleep. Okay. If I don't have access to sleep, what's the next best thing that I can do for myself today? And then so on and so forth. So I'll use the biofeedback tools 
to help them figure out based off of whatever their body is telling them on any given day, which can take time. That could, I have a client who might be able to figure that out in a month. And I have another client who might take a year to figure that out. What biofeedback tools do you use? So we'll do sleep. So I have a, a questionnaire that I'll have clients figure oh, out. Okay. And usually I with guess. a client, I'll, I'll have them pick one or two areas of biofeedback. I don't want to overwhelm them. It's a okay. lot of work to, to gather data, right? And sure, people sure. get get confused with the minutia. So they'll gather data and then I'll help them decipher it. Got so it. it might be sleep. It might be appetite. It might be cravings. So if you're craving certain things at certain times of the day or you find yourself at the end of the day craving mm -hmm. crunchy, you know, I can help you identify what's causing that urge or that desire. Sure. So from there, then we can backtrack and say, well, if you're feeling depleted because you have been going all day long, you know, your output is extensive during the day, you're depleted at the end of the day of energy, sure. of resources. So a lot of women who want that crunchy, they're trying to fill their tank. And maybe that's just a habit that they've had for a long time and it's worked for them. Sure. Because they feel better afterwards, even if it's not supporting them. Correct. So if we can figure out what the, what's driving that, then we can experiment with other tools to help fill their cup or help them to, you know, get the energy back or fulfill themselves in some way. For one client, right. it might be taking a walk by themselves in silence. 10 minutes around the block, you know, right. <laughs> no <Sure>. stimulation. <laughs> Someone, it might be a podcast because they like that information. So they're getting the movement, but they're also getting the information. I'm like a, a silent alone walker. I, I like thrive with alone time. I can't get that a lot in the house because there's, there's people no. here. So I got to yeah. leave. <laughs> I get it. Um, do you, do you, did you find that when your kids took naps, you took naps too? Yeah, because I know I'm there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of women will uh, will try and get everything done they need to get done while their kids are napping, uh, and I'm just like that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like I want to sleep too, you know. So I don't know to each their own, I guess. But well, some people aren't good nappers. I'm like a professional napper. I could if I if that could be a job, I would excel at it. I could. You know, I had a wake up after had, twenty minutes and feel great. <laughs> I had a float tank in my gym there for a while. And uh, I think I think I put it in just after the seminar we did there. And uh, I used to float. I would I tried floating before my afternoon sessions, like during my break. And one time I floated for 90 minutes. I was so relaxed I couldn't coach. So then I figured out that then I figured out I could only float for 10 minutes and that was it. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of self-experimentation and things like that going along with it. What do you do for people? Um, obviously, you know, like the, the dietary templates and the, and the things that you've used in the past, and I imagine still use, um, are so simple. And I imagine that's the real big thing is simplifying cooking and cooking in, in bulk or, or hiring a meal service to help you kind of, uh, streamline things. Uh, to make things more efficient for you. Absolutely. Huge difference. I mean, we always want to overcomplicate things, I feel like. Right. Sure. Things, you know? um, and I think some people get stuck in the mindset of, you know, meals need to be pretty or fancy or complicated. And yet there's a right. time and a place. And I love cooking. There's a time right. and a place for me to like 
make a marinade and marinate the meat earlier in the day and then get it in, right. the, you know, and make all the things. Um, and I enjoy that and I'll do it when I can, but that's not realistic every day. So sure. I usually, how do you, how do you approach um, eating with your children as far as them? Like, I don't know if, you know, what, what social events they go to or their social circles. How have you handled that as far as real food versus, you know, the processed garbage that, uh, that most kids are being fed? Like, how have you handled that? It's a lot. It's a big answer. <laughs> Get up a whole podcast um, on that. We got, we got, mm -hmm. we got about half an hour. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mentioned earlier, oh, I, I really got interested in nourishment for babies, nourishment for mm -hmm. young kids. And, you know, I know the importance of, of micronutrients and macros and pairing meals to help with blood sugar re regulation. So I, I use that as my, as my baseline. And then right. I tend to just only have whole food sources. You know, we have our snacks, but they're, you know, they're, they're simple ingredient snacks. And so we sort of have rules um, or guidelines, I'd rather say, because I try to stay away from rules of what, what types of things we bring into the house. And then when we're out of the house, what our best choices are given the wow. scenarios. Um, and now it's nice because my son's of an, at an age where I can explain things to him now. You know, before he didn't understand. He's like, pro, you know, now he goes protein. He rolls his eyes at me. I'll, I'll eat protein, mom. Um, but I've given him the tool. <laughs> given him the tools. You know, we're starting this process where he is accessing biofeedback. He's listening to his body. When he says, this bothers me or that, I said, well, did you drink water today? Have you tried drinking water? Did that help? You know, I'm giving him the tools now to start listening to his body and seeing what things feel like when I eat these types of things at home or when I go to a birthday party and eat pizza. You know, so I allow him to do those things when he's out. And then I ask him how it made him feel. And that way he can ultimately make his own decisions around it. Um, and I explain why we don't have certain things at home or we do like Halloween, you know, go get all the candy that you want and then we'll come home and we'll say, these are why we won't be eating these. You know, we stay away from food coloring and things like that. And I'll give him other alternatives to have. And, and it's great because now he'll go to a birthday party and he might eat what's there because otherwise he won't eat. And then hangry is a whole different scenario with six-year-old. Um, <laughs> But he yeah. might get a, this happened a couple of weeks ago. He came home with, you know, a goodie bag from the party and half of it was candy. And he says, and he brought it to me and he's like, here, do you want to look at what, what's in there and see what I can have? So we'll pull out what he can and then I'll maybe throw in something that he can. And he gets, you know, he gets the treats. Yeah. They're just within reason. And then we talk about how, how that made you feel. Well, and the, the, the cool thing is, is you're leading by example. And that's really from what I've observed with children that's what's most important right because the kids are going to do what their parents do and if the parents are eating garbage the kids are going to eat garbage and then the kids really don't know what it feels like to feel good like if all you've eaten was goldfish and like you know garbage your whole existence you go to that birthday but if you've eaten like real food like i imagine your kids eat a lot of steak and chicken and fish and you know all sorts of different really cool stuff like real food right and they go to a birthday party and they have a piece of chocolate cake and they're like, "Ugh, that tasted really good, but it, it just, I didn't feel right after it. Right. Mm -hmm. But if all you've eaten is McDonald's and, and canes and, and cereal and sugar and garbage, like that piece of chocolate cake, you're, you're just going to, 
it's not going to make you feel any different than what you're normally used to feeling. Right. So, so, so many kids today, you know, they don't go outside. They, they, they don't eat, you know, real food. And so they don't know what it's like to actually feel good, which your, your kids are very lucky to have someone that actually takes care of themselves. And, 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 you know, the apple doesn't usually fall far from the tree. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also I communicate when something bothers me or if I, you know, something, you know, I have a steak, like oh, my, my body's so happy right now with my decision of eating this right, because right. it has X, Y, and Z in it. And my body, I think my body really needs that right now or the yeah. opposite. You know, we ate a, we had a movie night and we ate an entire bag of popcorn between the two of us. And afterwards I said, I'm really full. I think I ate too much popcorn. He said, I think I did too much. We should probably put the bag away. <laughs> Again, leading by example, just communicating what I'm experiencing and how I'm like, that's so interesting. You know, no mm-hmm. judgment around it, just curiosity. And I'm trying right. to instill like curiosity in him. Like he came out, I have a headache right back here. What do you think that's from? Well, let's figure it out. It's fun. Cool. So this age I actually really like because he's very inquisitive and he's asking a lot of really thoughtful questions. And I feel like I can actually give him the information now just re- just remember these years when he's like 15 or 16 and he's telling you that he hates you well usually boys don't tell their mother that, that he already does that so we're fine oh okay so you, <laughs> you got that out of the way already that's great yeah so, there you go well at least he's at least he's gotten it out of the way while you still have a physically dominating presence over him it's true we actually have this conversation a lot i'm like you're lucky i'm stronger than you and i will be for a very long time so you better get right work on yourself one one day that's gonna one day that's gonna gonna change quickly it will so (laughs) yeah and then with my daughter you know she's she's almost two so she's at the point where she still eats anything i put in front of her which is great and um at this point we're just experimenting with a wide range of of food items Mm -hmm. yeah right have you have you noticed um that the children intuitively kind of eat what they really need yeah. If given the option of healthy choices. Correct. I've noticed, yeah, I put a you know bag of chips out and they'll just devour it. Well, of course. <laughs> well, because, you know, people don't understand, like those chips are designed yeah. to pull all the triggers in your brain mm-hmm. that, you know, it's salty, it's fatty. It, it tells that, you know, it's, it, it, it pulls all those triggers in your brain that say calories with lots of nutrition, right? Mm-hmm. And so the food companies know exactly how to make your brain uh, want those things. And then you eat it and your brain's like, what do you mean? All these tastes and the salt and the, the lime flavor and all these things, are, it's supposed to be nutrient dense, but there's nothing in there. Right. So don't turn off the appetite, you know, eat more. So, but I was always amazed when I've been around children that if you have like real food there, like they will gravitate towards the things that are the most nutrient dense most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, steak, shrimp, you know, things like that. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty interesting. How has your your training changed, and how has your goals changed as far as um, you know what you're what you're trying to accomplish? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you know being a mom and 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 uh, being a good mentor is your number one priority, and then. Uh, if you have time, you can help some of your clients and by helping yourself, you help your clients. But uh, talk, talk to me a little bit about how, how things have changed over the last couple of years, as far as your goals and as far as your, um, what you're trying to accomplish for yourself and for your kids and family. 
Well, let me start with the movement side, because again, that's been such a an important key self-care tool for me my entire life is, is movement of some kind. Um, and I love challenging myself in physical ways, especially during hard times. Um, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, 2020 really <laughs> was an opportunity to experiment with self-care tools when you don't have access to a lot of the other things that you might have utilized mm -hmm. before, like, you know, sure. connection, all of that. Um, and I had a lot of health issues at that point. Um, you know, I'll just mention it here, but it's, it's a long story for another time. I had breast implants that gave me a, a really, really hard time for a lot of years. And I got them taken out uh, the Thursday before we sheltered in place, <laughs> not knowing we were going to be sheltering in place. Um, so I spent that first part of 2020 recovering with with a lot of complications following that explant surgery. So now I'm sure. trying to navigate being at home, dealing with the world, um, while also dealing with my own personal health struggles. So I didn't have access to the movement like I normally would have been my one of my go-tos. Because um, right. the movement for me ser serves two purposes. It's alone time. Like I'm a solo trainer. I like training by myself. It's my time to be with me, connect with myself, my breath, my body. Um, but then I also get the movement component and the challenge, which fulfills another thing for me. So not having access to either of those because I'm trapped at home with everybody. <laughs> There's nowhere to go. <laughs> and now I can't move my body in ways that feel good and that nourish me and nurture, you know, whatever's going on here and here. Sure. So I had to really tune into other tools. Um, or move my body in ways that you know gave me those small doses but didn't you know didn't hurt what i was trying to recover from which was very hard um it was a very stress stressful time for everybody um and once that started to get better my goal at that point was just to get back into movement in slow and steady ways um, and that took a lot of experimenting with again where my body had gone through and the trauma response that i was getting from that, from my body and certain movement patterns. Um, so it took me another year to kind of get through that. A lot of experimentation, a lot of patience, a lot of self-love, like, you know, getting not getting frustrated with myself over what I expected myself to be able to do. Um, again, having been a top athlete, doing all these crazy tricks and gymnastics and whatnot, and then like having a hard time walking up the hill. <laughs> yeah. Very humbling. Um, so I would say from that point around 2021, going into 2022, um, I was just trying to get my body back to a place that I recognized. I didn't expect myself to be able to do all of the stuff that I had once done that at that point, just trying to get to a, a baseline that felt good, that felt maintainable, that gave me access to things that were important to me, like carrying my kids around. Walking up, we lived in a very hilly area at the time, walking up the down the hill with the kids or the dogs and not, you know, having to stop to catch my breath, um, being able to throw my son on my shoulders if, if he wanted to be carried and not feeling like, hey, I can't do that or I'm going to get too tired or I'm going to hurt myself, um, you know, carrying all the grocery bags in at the same time because like who wants to make trips back and forth? You know, I really wanted like functional day to day things that just made me feel good in my body. Sure. So I did that 2021 and then mid 2021, I got pregnant with my daughter, which was on purpose. <laughs> but that was also part of my goal, knowing that I wanted that to happen 
Okay, mm-hmm. what at what point can I get my body to that then I can go into a pregnancy feeling strong, capable, hopefully avoiding any, you know, the common issues that women find when they're pregnant because they're not, you know, they didn't sort of prepare their vessel ahead of time. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And and, I, and me, you know, speaking from experience, you being a high level fitness competitor, high level, you know, gymnastic skills, when you go from that to not being able to do much, you know, like when I, when I was, uh, you know, I got in a car wreck about two years ago, I had a traumatic brain injury and I, I had problems walking and talking. And th- there's nothing worse than that for somebody who has been able to been at a high level athletically to have that taken away from you. It's very difficult because you, it's very hard for you to accept that you just can't do the things that you could do with ease before mm-hmm. and that you have to start from ground zero. And uh, because I've had that happen to me a number of times, it makes it a lot easier for me to empathize with people that are in a bad place. Um, because a lot of people that are just naturally athletically gifted who've never had those kind of struggles before, they really can't relate to somebody who literally is having problems, you know, standing up and down off the toilet or getting on the floor or like you just can't like some of my older clients that I've had, you know, they're just like, I really would just love to get down on the floor and play with my grandkids, you know, and, and lowering the level of training to that level to allow them to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, most people just can't relate or even understand that, particularly people in the fitness industry. Yeah. So going through those experiences makes it a lot easier for you to relate to people that are in a really bad place. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When well, it opens up a whole new range of ways to train, ways to move your body, ways mm-hmm. to make your body feel safe. Mm-hmm so that you can go into experiment with different modalities. And that was another way that I outsourced, you know, I was having nerve issues, you know, so I I sought out someone who could help me with that. You know, I I learned a lot along the way. I sort of use, I'm like, okay, I'm dealing with this. What can I learn? And then how can I apply that to other people? Yeah, Sickness and challenge is one of the best teachers ever. Uh, and, And most people don't, most people just like kind of woe is me. Like every time I've gotten injured or, I've had a business fail or I've had, you know, relationships go bad or, you know, uh, I've always looked at it or I have a health issue. I'm like, what can I learn from this and how can I use it to help other people? Mm-hmm. And I've always come out on the other side, um, a better person and able to help more people, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it, I think a lot of people would be served, um, to be in a much better place if they took that kind of attitude of like, okay, what can I learn? And that's essentially what life is, is like overcoming these challenges time and time again, mm-hmm. over and over and over again, right? And we've had some big ones in the last few years, that's for sure. You were in California during the whole beer bug, right? Are you still in California? How yes. how, how are you still in California? <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it's because my husband owns a, owns a business here, and it's right. we're not at the point now where we could move it. So I've got you. I've got you. Okay. So that's a good answer. To the point we're doing business here, which is, it's getting harder already. Um, but that would be the reason. That's a, that's a whole other show onto itself. And it that's a tough. good way for us to get kicked off YouTube. So <laughs> exactly. we'll, just, we'll just stop right there. <laughs> yes. So. But anyways, yes, big, very, very challenging in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but kind of what you said too, just a minute ago around, you know, you've gone through these experiences, you've, you've, gathered new tools to support, you know, recovery, um, 
being at a different point in what you're physically able to do. You know, right. I, I definitely still had moments of like feeling sorry for myself and being frustrated and annoyed and like, why did this happen? How, you know, what did I do? You know, guilt, shame, all of that. Um, all of those conversations you know, still came up along the way and I'll, it's, it's nice to be able to know that you can have all those feelings, move through them, and then you come out better again on the other side of it. But you're also better able to sympathize and empathize with clients who've experienced that of like, you want to have a pity party today? Let's do it. Go ahead. Yep. I mean, I love it for my kids. You want to have a tantrum? Here, let's do it. Okay, now we're over it. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> that's really that's really what you need to do. I mean, it's it's uh, you need to, uh, you know, experience it and move on. You know, it's uh, a lot of people get caught in that pity party and they never they never ever ever come out of it right mm -hmm. yeah. um so it's uh the challenges are always a very 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 interesting you know thing and, and particularly a lot of people like to blame other people right and um the one thing i've learned particularly the last couple of years is always looking within myself first and and understanding oh yeah there's some other things that might have affected some things but in the end i'm the one that has to make the decision and like you know you, you knew me when i was uh in my well probably you know early mid to mid 30s when i was still pretty pretty intense and um i do tai chi now every day multiple times a day which if you'd have told me to the, that to that gym layer back then you'd have been like what the hell like why would you do that Mm -hmm. And and it's just so it's so freeing for me to be able to relax and float because I spent so many years trying to get stiff and rigid and angry and revved up. And now I still and I still lift. It's not like I don't lift weights and I'm stronger than the majority of people. Very like not it's not even close. Right. That doesn't mean I still don't lift weights. I do that. But I don't need to be this like, you know, wound up, super amped guy all the time. Now I go outside and I'm flowing and I'm breathing and I'm doing all this stuff. And, the, you know, of course, the locals here look at me like it's crazy gringo again. But um, but it, it's just totally it's totally different. Like I never in my wildest dreams, you know, 10 or 15 years ago that I envisioned myself doing Tai Chi on the beach. You know, uh, mm -hmm. it's 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 actually I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to film it sometime and post it. It looks really funny. Me trying to do me trying to move like, you know uh one's called like shoot tiger with bow you know so you're like breathing in you're you're opening up and you're pulling your shoulder blade together and then you're exhaling and you're reaching you're letting the bow go so you're moving in different ways but I, I, there's never no way in hell i would have ever thought i'd be doing that so here i am doing tai chi on the beach <laughs> you got the yin and the yang yeah yeah mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. age and experience and life teaches you about balance Definitely. the hard way yeah yeah, I, I at this point now too try to integrate many modalities of movement. You know, I want to be able to lift really heavy. I want to feel strong and capable in that area. Um, but I also want to be agile and quick and light on my feet when I do gymnastics. And um, it's been actually about a, almost exactly a year when I started gymnastics again after having my daughter. Um, and I'm tumbling like I did when I was 25. It's it feels I'm like flying through the air. I'd never. I mean, I. I Part of me knew that I could do it again and get to that point, but being able to actually do it and have my body remember right. and do it with ease is uh, so fun. And I want to be able to pick up both my kids at the same time and spin them around, you know, 
climb up right. on the counter and get stuff high from the cabinets. I want to be able to do it all. And I should be well, able the thing, to. The thing a lot of people don't realize is that maximum strength really, you don't need to do it. And once you have it, you really don't have to, to flirt, to have to do it that much to maintain it. Yeah. Um, particularly if you're doing something like gymnastics where you're mm -hmm. doing a lot of dynamic, um, you know, relative strength stuff. Um, so you really don't have to do once you've had it and, and you have the technique down and you really, you don't even have to chant, like go that crazy with it. You, your strength is going to maintain itself once you have it, you know, mm -hmm. but a lot of people think they have to go crazy in the weight room to maintain that. And you really don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So particularly you're doing something like gymnastics, Gymnast gymnastics in itself is strength training. I mean, I love gymnastics. So I'm actually building a gym on the beach here. That's why I moved here and we're going to be starting with you know, basic parallel bars and things like that on the beach um, to get things started. So I'm going to be a giant bowling ball, um, you know, on the parallel bars and, yeah. uh -huh. and all those things. It's going to be very entertaining, just kind of like me going into the surf, you know, like uh, I bet. Yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Um, so, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see that gym. I'm going to come and visit for sure. You need to, I, it's pretty awesome here. Um, I mean, it is, it is about an hour and a half from the capital. There is about 20, 20 miles of private beach. I mean, it is, it's incredibly awesome here. I mean, you can buy beachfront property for $50,000. Yeah. And nobody's bugging you. Like you can walk your dog down the beach. You can drive your truck down the beach. You can like, you know, there's, there's no one telling you like, where's your face diaper and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's the complete opposite of California. There's like, there's no rules here. Like you'll see, you'll see people with their whole family, a goat and a baby on a motorcycle on the front handlebars, you know? So it's like six <laughs> people on a, on a 125 CC motorcycle. So Love it. <laughs> why don't you tell people where they can get a hold of you and uh, kind of what you're doing now, the services you've offered Definitely. and uh, what availability you have and all those things. I'll tell you, Alex is, is great. She's worked with a number of the people I've worked with and uh, is very practical uh very uh practical i mean that's 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 really that's really the um the main thing is like when you most of the clients that i've worked with and i try to tell this to people it's like most of the clients are going to come into your gym they're not trying to be a professional figure competitor they're not trying to you know they want to improve but there's this thing called life that when you coach somebody you have to give somebody something that's sustainable and is is practical and that's something you're very very good at um yeah. whereas a, lo a lot of coaches give people things that they can't do for the rest of their life or most of the recommendations that you you make to people and and the conversations that you have with them to make behavior change that's what really moves the needle for people in the long run definitely definitely mm -hmm. i mean my intake form in it itself is uh very informative for both parties because <laughs> they're being asked questions that they never considered before but that are integral pieces of the puzzle for me to understand so um so you can find me at herbodysolutions.com i still have an account on instagram at alex fit mama but i haven't been on there in about six months and i don't really plan on coming back anytime soon um just not a place i want to spend my time right now except for to follow friends like you um Aww. <laughs> Aww. Um, my website has two service options at this point in time. I have a training membership app that anybody could sign up to. I have a home version and a gym version, um, and it's a mon monthly membership for women. 
So very basic resistance training. Ideally, members are coming in with a background or having some experience of resistance training, general movement patterns is like the prerequisite. Um, you know, and, and you can make it as, as challenging as you'd want it to be. I do have custom clients on there as well. So if a client had something very specific they were working towards, um, then that is an option within the app as well. But all the signups are available on the website. And that's been an easy way for me to continue to work with clients in a lower, um, you know, there's not as much hand holding in that sort of give clients the training and then they go do it by themselves. Um, but I'm here if they need me. And then I just opened up the nutritional coaching component. So that is very lifestyle based. Um, it's a three month commitment. I, I generally, for the most part, only work with women, but occasionally I'll, I'll work with couples like a husband and a wife um, so that way they can support each other. But the through the nutritional coaching part, we're really doing a full life audit. You know, like you said, I'm trying to look at their life, look at their demands, their priorities, and help them come up with realistic strategies to just make make life easier and get them to feel as good as they can on a day to day basis, so that they can gather the tools for themselves to use. You know, today, tomorrow, in a year. Um, sure. A lot of what I do for women is help them identify the different seasons in their life within a year or two years so that they have tools for each season. You know, like we're just coming out of, you know, the holidays and the the number of moms that I talk to coming out of Christmas break, <laughs> the amount of stress that they were experiencing in those two weeks where their kids were home and they're trying to navigate the holidays and family and activities. It's like, we need a whole toolbox for those, for those two weeks. So that we come out of it and we're not like severely depleted and like coming up for air, you know? Yeah. So um, actually from that idea, I had a lot of conversations with moms coming back to school of like, well, now what do we do? You know, we're like coming out of this tailspin, just trying to like keep my feet on the ground. And everyone's talking about New Year's resolutions. I'm like, I don't have capacity to think about that right now. Um, so I'm actually holding my first in-person event uh, it's not going to oh, be till March because spring is like the best time I feel like to actually set new goals. Not now. Now is like a terrible time to do that, especially for most moms. Um, so I'm excited. It's going to be in Sacramento. And once I have all that information available on the website, I'll, it will be there for those to see. And if anybody's local, I'd love for them to attend. Um, but it's going to be on goal setting and it's going to be on figuring out life audit priorities what is your baseline? Help them establish what that baseline of self-care looks like so that they can go into the goal setting in a realistic way. Yeah, and that's really so important. That. That's so important. A lot of people, you know, when I meet with people, they're like, well, I want this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, to get this, this, and this, you're going to have to give up this, this, and this. And they're like, oh, maybe I don't want this, this, and this. Yep. So understanding that you can't, you can't have it all, right? So what's your number one priority? Yep. You know, and uh, getting people to, to kind of work through that is uh, is very valuable. But it's great to chat with you. I'm really so glad we got to catch up. And uh, I'm going to put all your links in the description below. Um, it was great catching up with you. And I hope you uh, have yourself a great day. Thanks. Good talking to you, too. Thanks. You're welcome. Make sure you guys get outside today. You deserve it and you need it.